You're now listening to Sound Talent Media. Check out more shows at SoundTalentMedia.com. Yeah. <laughs> Yo, today's podcast is brought to you by CasaTheRock.com. Go check us out. Go cop some merch. Support the movement. And you can also follow me at HoyaRock357 on Instagram. You could get up to date with everything Madball, everything Casa the Rock, and everything Smoking Word. And look out for our YouTube channel coming soon, so stay tuned for that. And today, we're going to kick it with my boy, the one and only Matty Wildcard Henderson. All right, let's set the shit off. Welcome, welcome to the Smoking Word. Yo, but yo, welcome to the Smoking Word podcast. We back and yeah, you my second, you my second. Um, what do you call it? Uh, my second roommate in the house for in the last couple of days. Um, I just had Ricky from Wisdom the other day, and I figured um, I was like, I had an idea, and this is what I was telling you, and I was telling um, Dick Shepler. Mm. That I wanted to get you, and then I'm gonna get Willie, and then in the near future we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna hit these people over the head with a a mad ball reunion via yes. Zoom. So yes. nobody bite the idea <laughs> before we drop it. But um, what's going on, Cracker? Just uh, surviving, Holmes. <laughs> let, let me ask you, what's the deal in California? I hate getting into this whole COVID bullshit because that's what everybody talks about. But yeah, I guess we we kind of got at least yeah, you know, touch base on what the fuck's up with that. Um, uh, yeah, it's it's drag, man, because we we rolled back a lot of the restrictions, and you know, we're starting to get sort of that feeling of like normal life, if you will. And then they had to yank the plug again. Um, and like for me, it's not that big of a deal, right? I, I work from home. Um, yeah. I'm lucky. I know, you know, there's a lot of us out there, but I'm one of them that I work from home. So my routine never really changed. Uh, but I'm friends with a lot of people who are small business owners out here, you know, and they yeah. opened up and then they had to shut down again. Um, yeah. Like Doug McKinnon, his gym. I mean, he's just, that's, yeah. that's, right there. that's, I, didn't, that's I didn't hit. think about that. Forgot the same thing with the, the boxing gyms and the, yeah. the, like, same thing like regular gyms and all that shit. Yeah. Yeah. This shit is crazy. And, um, you know, I, the same shit for me. When I'm out, not on tour, I'm always home. But I don't know what this time, I guess, first of all, I said this on the other one, but, um, I don't think I've been home this long in a straight clip since. You know, Freddie went on vacation. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. And and even then, that was like you know, um, yeah, that was about whatever um, you know, eight months of not playing. But we were officially broken up, so I, you know, the mentality was different. But uh, something about not having an option to do it, or somebody telling you what you can do and what you can do, and um, I think that fucked with me more than anything. Like, cause I feel that shit. Yeah, yeah, no, I've, I've been thinking about you and everybody, you know, everybody in Madball and everybody in all the bands I'm friends with. I yeah. mean, I, it's hard enough when you can go out and make your living, let alone now. Yeah, not, like you know? barely make a living. But that, that was my whole shit was like, b besides just the, 
everybody in the band and everybody, you know, that is like the thing that makes it a little better is that you feel like, okay, everybody's taking a hit together. You yes. know what I mean? It wasn't like just one specific band getting boycotted from playing and shit like that. But um, it's been fucking with me. Like you get antsy, you change, you know, my brain been on overtime, you know, obviously I had a lot of shit going on, but yeah, just the lockdown in general, like just being cooped up, like, you know, the kids all here, they don't got nothing to do and you can't do nothing. That started fucking with my head a lot where I started, you know, I got my John Joseph going on a little bit with the fucking where hey, with the eating eating grass and flowers, but not that crazy like blood clot. But you know, I started doing that. Started you know just keeping more busy in the house to because it felt like you know we in jail. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I've thought about that a lot too. And and you know, you you mentioned your the kids, how your boys holding up. I mean, yeah, like you know, again, I'm um Victor. My my youngest is with his baby's mama. Yeah. With his baby's mama, what with baby mama, whatever you want to call it. And my and Jay's here with me, you know. They're all right, but yeah, how all right they're gonna be playing 10 hours of fucking Fortnite or whatever the hell they're playing. You know, that ain't good, but you know, you they're stripped from a lot of stuff, you know, of normally being a kid going out and doing whatever. So it's like, you know, we gotta do that juggling thing, you know, and it's like, you know, what, what you know, what could we do? You know what I mean? Like, what are yeah. your kids up to? Like, because I know you got, you got, first of all, a little army and they all, <laughs> you know, you got a, a house full. Yeah. Um, like you said, and I believe I talked to a lot of parents, obviously. I mean, you know, most of, most of our friends these days got kids. So we're all in that boat. Um, a lot of video games, you know, yeah. for sure. Um, and it's, it's just one of those things where, you know, you, you try to put restrictions on because it's just not healthy to yeah. have, you know, to do anything for extended periods of time. But I know, and you probably would admit the same as a kid, I'd play video games all day if I could, you know, yeah. I, I mean, I played guitar a lot. That was kind of more my thing. But point being, unless someone told me I needed to go do something else, I'm just going to do whatever I want to do. <laughs> and that's I'm not still best, that, that's not the best thing for a young developing mind right um but uh so you know not being too heavy on restrictions because why are you going to make more tension and give the kids a little bit of a break yeah. what else do they got but on that note it's been fun like my oldest tanner who's now taller than me which is yes. crazy uh tanner he, tall yeah he made a decision uh a little while ago that he wanted to just start working out right and i got like I got a little bit of uh, uh, a little bit of equipment to to do some things here, and I was giving him some pointers. But now we actually, well, my shoulders hurt again. But we were working out together, um, and I've I've actually had all three boys come out and work out with me. So like, I run a little class, you know. And, uh, yeah. <laughs> so the good news is they they, um, they still they'll play video games. But if I get something or my wife's real good about because somehow we can still go to the beach. She can yeah. take them to the beach. Yeah. Um, so when we do have an activity for them, they're down, you know? Yeah, that's good. You know, the same thing. My son was, you know, they, my little son was doing um, Muay Thai and, my, and mm -hmm. playing football. And, um, and Jay, my oldest, it was been training jujitsu for a while, but right. they, they, they haven't gone back. And, you know, I won't send them back for a while till 
you know, we could get into if this shit is real or not. Obviously, there's something real. Is it what it is, what they say, whatever. That's, you know, we could go on that for hours and whatever. But um, not till I feel it's fucking safe for my boy to go out there. When grown people in the news and in the government don't know what the fuck is going on, how the fuck is somebody from my local fucking elementary school and middle school, they want to send my kid back? Fuck that guinea pig shit. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> like, you know, yeah. um, so... My son, I decided he's going to do his homeschool, too. We figured yep. this whole shit out. Yep. But that also sucks for me. <laughs> because that means, hard. Yeah. that means I got to go back to school and I got thrown out of school. So <laughs> <laughs> let me tell you, my son is fucking way smarter than I am already. <laughs> Thank God. Yeah, man, that's, that's, that's how you want it, man. You want them to, to surpass what we were able to achieve, you know? Yeah, and let me ask you this with them. Do they... um? Did they get uh, like scared or anything about this whole shit? Because at first my son was a little like, yo, you know, we got to be careful outside, right? Like how dangerous is this kind of thing? And it sucks being 12 years old, having to fucking even think that shit. You know what I mean? Yeah, it, it does. I mean, and that, so I've tried to keep an eye out for it. And interestingly, no, I really don't ever get the sense that my kids are scared about it, which, you know, that was good. It is. I, I don't, I don't like to have, think of my kids as being sheltered and I don't think that they are and I don't want them to be, right? I want them to know what's going on in the world. I want them to be out in the world. Um, and, you know, we've done a pretty good job about that, but they're not, they don't seem to be too worried about it. Um, and I'm thankful for that. But when you talk about all this shit, right, the thing that really bothers me is what, what is in store for my kids, our kids, all of our, you know, all of our children, man. Yeah. It's, a, it's a drag. I mean, if it was just us, whatever, man, <laughs> yeah. we've had some good, good times, a good run. And, you know, things got to start to taper down from this point on. Yeah. I'll survive, you know, uh, but uh, I was hoping for a little bit better and brighter future for my kids. Yeah. Yeah. It's fucking crazy. It's scary. But the one good thing is I think this shit forced people to look at themselves and their situation you know and not fucking you know ignore it because you start fucking really you know thinking of every aspect of your life when you got a lot of time to sit around and this shit going on forget it my head forget it. my brain's been going nuts and mine too brother mine too it's it's uh it's been a little nasty yeah and, and what's up with the band um what's up with um i mean i know you guys were you know Obviously, you weren't a full-time band with the eulogy and all that, but have you even tried fucking with any music? Have you jammed? Have you guys, you know, any of the other dudes hitting you up about their, their writing music and all that type of shit? You know, we, we're always in touch. Like, we, we, we have a group with text. With each other? You yeah. Each other? <laughs> we have a group text that goes on, you know. Group sex? Uh, Wait, I'm, in my headphones? What? I hear touching and group. All right, no, my cans. or something with the internet. Hey, anything's possible with the group. <laughs> hey, California, you know. Yeah, Shout true. out to all my LBG R2D2s out there. <laughs> um, you know, we, we had, uh, we put the drums down and one guitar for uh, two new, well, one new song and a cover. Uh, we're supposed to release it as a split with Rikers. Oh, that's dope. Shout yeah. out to Rikers and all my Germans out there. Yep. Um, and then, you know. Who was putting that out? Uh, I forget the label. It's the, it's the label they work with out there. 
Oh, it was something on their side, not like yeah, a, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like they they had they had a few extra tracks from the last release that they put out, and Chris had reached out to me, asked me if I wanted to, you know, throw a song or two in for a split. I was like, yeah. And and have you been jamming at home anything? Little bit. Um, you know, uh, when I hit fifty, I uh, made the decision <laughs> to treat myself a little bit, and I bought that. Uh, yeah, I don't know if it'll work or not. Yes. Oh shit! Yeah, I, I remember when you were getting that. You were talking about. You told yeah. me you were gonna. That shit is dope. It, bro, it's it's nasty. Yeah, <laughs> like, it 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 sounds mean. Like it roars. It's it's pretty pretty solid. So. Uh, and what is it? What is it? Uh, it's a EVH fifty one fifty fifty watt, uh-huh. and a two by twelve cap. That's like perfect. I mean, that shit. You know, even hashtags in our reality is like more than enough. Yeah, exactly, exactly. I mean, I I can barely get it up past two on this thing, on the on the high gain channel in my in my room up here, uh-huh. um, and uh, it's loud. And, and, and uh, no, I thought, what I was going to tell you is this. All right, now technology caught up in every way with fucking instruments and whatever. And what's what's the name of that guitar you're using now? It was that that independent band. Yeah. Yeah. So all right, that you're still playing that one live, correct? I I was, but um I'm gonna switch it up. I actually I, I was tweaking on tone a little bit and I pulled out the Jackson again. Yeah, that's that's the one that should have been in my house. <laughs> <laughs> but um um, you know why I was asking is this because all right, you're a guitar guy. Do do you think nowadays, you know, uh, it doesn't have to be a main name brand for the shit to bump, right? You know, like back in the day we felt like it had to be a Gibson SG. It had to be, you know what I mean, uh yeah. a, a Jackson. Not that they aren't still the goats, but when I saw you rock that that other guitar which I never heard of and you were amped on it, and it sounded good. I was like, yeah, maybe, you know, times have changed where, you know, it's just find that right piece of wood in the right pickup. You know what I mean? It, yeah, I mean, you know, it's funny you say I'm a guitar guy, and, and yeah, but, I, I, like, if I sit down and talk to some guys, like, they can break down the different wood options and the different sound qualities you're going to get from those different types of wood, and I've just never been able to keep that straight enough and – um, I just know it feels good for me. Yeah. Um, that's, that's number one. Yeah. And then number two, like I, I didn't, I, I, I upgraded that agile a little bit. I put, I, I put all new wiring in it. Um, I put a, I actually put an EVH pickup in, uh, I'd never heard of it before. I was, I was shopping around for pickups and I was talking to Scott Krause from earth crisis. Yep. And, and that's what he uses. He did at the time. Scott Scott's always been a good guy to talk gear with, and and you know he'll change it up. So I don't know if he because this is a few years back. I don't know if he's still using EVH, but he recommended it at the time. And, it, and the the decision was to try to find a passive pickup instead of an EMG active, mm. just because I, I don't know. I was trying to get a little more dynamics and a little different sound than the the EMG, which was great for what they do. Yeah, but it kind of is just one sound, you know. Yeah, that's that's what I you know what I love about it that it's the you could that that's the 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 the, the nucleus of heavy music is the EMG, you know. You, if you're in heavy music, you could you know sure you could get a Demars, you could get all these other ones. At the end of the day, for me, an EMG is like 
uh, a Marshall cabinet. You know, it's the 101. You're always going to kill it with it. And sure, you can find things better for your style. But at yeah. the end of the day, a Marshall's a Marshall. A Fender's a Fender. Right. You know? Yeah. Yeah. You know what you're getting and it does what you want it to do. Um, and, you know, you talk about technology. When you, my thought, anyway, with the EMG, because the EMG is basically, you know, it's, an, it's got active circuitry, which is kind of acting like a preamp, right? And when you think about when it came out in, like, the 80s, I mean, the EMGs go back to the 80s, that was before you've got, like, all these high-gain amps, like, you know, dual triple rectifiers and, you know, these EVH and the PV6505s. You don't really need as much output from the pickup to boost the signal in the amp as you did back then. So you, you do have more options with the amps that, that are out today. But, yeah, EMGs are still not. Sloppy. And the other day I saw, I think it was on Drew's show. Shout out to the New York Hardcore Chronicles. Yeah. But I think he was showing one of that, that one of those Frankenstein um, fenders you had. The, the Stevie Ray, the Frankenstein. Frank, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> now, all right. So you had that one. When did you end up with the the, the guitar with the fucking with the, the vines up the neck? That's that's my question. Because a lot of people, you know, they don't bring it up enough as they should. Because uh, they should they should <laughs> pulling your card on that shit. Well, you, you know what's funny you is that some uh, big shows with that one. I mean, I know I played live with it, but I didn't play live very much with it. Um, Wait, wasn't it on the video though? On the that uh, sick of it all? No, the Frankenstein one was the Frankenstein one was. That was the Frank. Oh, because I don't know why, but I picture in my head. I remember seeing you with that fucking guitar. Well, guaranteed, there's 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 some pictures out there of me playing live with it, but I think it was only one. It, I think it was that '92 tour in Europe, the One Voice tour in Europe. I don't think it, I. Uh, and let, pe what, let people know what guitar that was, because I wanted to show it was like an Ingve guitar, right? Or some shit. It was a it was a Steve Vai Ibanez. Close enough. <laughs> I knew yeah, it was one so, of those. So the 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 story was that when we were recording one voice, uh one voice um, you know, Agnostic Front was on Relativity Records. So was Steve Vai, which was kind of a trip, right? I mean, I'm I'm an aspiring guitar player and uh, I'm on the same label now as Steve I, Joe Satriani. I mean, Relativity had some some of the shredders back in the day. And um, they had a deal with Ibanez. And um, there was a Steve Vai gem guitar. It was like, um, it didn't look like that. It was black with like white inlays and, uh -huh. and, you know, white pickups and the knobs. And I'm like, that's the one I want. I kept holding out to order it and it was on back order, back order, back order. And it was getting down to the point where we were gonna uh, go to the studio to record one voice. Like, fuck, I, you know, I'd really like to get one of these guitars to, to track with. And uh, eventually I just broke down and got the, got the black and fluorescent green with the, the vine pink leaf inlays. <laughs> And it had the handle, didn't it? Did it have a handle? They all on top did, yeah, yeah. They, 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 like walk, it's called the monkey like walk. Well, you get a monkey grip, it was called? Oh, that's amazing. I always wondered about that, that guitar. And then what happened to that guitar? You, um, you ended up selling it, right? Or you still got yeah, it? Yeah, yeah. I sold it. I, you know, I got a deal on it like because it, it, it was an artist deal through Relativity uh, for price. And then um, I sold it. I basically sold that and the, the Frankenstrat for my Jackson. 
Uh-huh. Oh, and then you got the Jackson. That's how I got the Jackson, which I bought off, oh. off the rack at Manny's. Yo, shout out to Manny's. I was talking to somebody about it. That, that day's over. Those days are... 48th Street, I remember bro, traveling remember? from Queens. Shout out to Beard Truck. He was the guy who would look out for us at the Sad Mash up there and get, you know giving us those discounts when we needed absolutely. it. You know absolutely. Know? And where did you end up buying that fucking Jackson? Because that's like the best Jackson I ever played. That shit plays itself. Um, the Jackson was at Manny's. Uh, uh, it was oh, he hanging. bought the Jackson at Manny's. Yeah, yeah. It was just one of the guitars hanging on the rack. Yep. That's fucking... You got lucky with that one, I swear. And I want to tell the story real quick. For a minute, I've been trying to get this guitar. I used to tell Maddie all the time, yo, you know, I want that guitar. When, when you had the fantasy of quitting, and I was like, you crazy of playing quitting guitar. I said, like, I want that guitar. And then I remember hearing from you, not even from you, from... A good friend of ours, Armin, rest in peace. He had hit me up and was like, um, we were talking. He was like, yo, I just got Maddie's guitar. And I was like, what? I was like, that fucking scumbag. I've been wanting that guitar. And I even told you, don't sell it. At least give it to your kids because that's a special guitar. Same thing and my I, wife said. Same thing my wife said. Especially that one. That's like literally the, 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 the wood. The, it's just a live guitar. And I remember even Armin saying, Yo, but I don't feel right about it. Like, you know, he even knew, like, like, yo, I don't know if I should be having this. And I think he was even like, you told me, like, yo, are you sure you want to sell this kind of thing? And then the next thing I know, you, you, you did the right thing, and you stepped up like a man and put your tail between your legs and said, can I please have it back? And got it back, right? I did. Um, yeah, you, you know, I don't know, because it, it had been sitting in my closet. And like I, I remember like having to get stuff out of my closet and pull the case out, move shit around just to get something. And I'm like, fuck, you know, this guitar is getting in my way because I just was not playing it. Yeah. Um, and, um, you know, then I, I ran into I met Armand through Warren on yep. Tour Slayer. Right. Because they shout out to the with- Afghanistan podcast, by the way. Absolutely. They 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 played uh, Long Beach. And I went out and, uh, you know, uh, and Armand said, you know, like on my first meeting with him, he's like, hey, man, anytime you want to sell that Jackson, you let me know, you know, and, yeah. and uh, I just kind of laughed it off. And then I running those guys every once in a while after that, you know, and, and uh, I just started to think about it more. I was like, man, the one guy, because I don't play it no more. Right. So if I were to get rid of it not even get rid of it just like it's just sitting in my closet why yeah, not yeah. let someone who could really appreciate it yeah and would take good care of it you know enjoy it so that was a big reason why i thought of selling it to him um and then you know i did and i remember he came over to my house and he's like so what are you gonna play i mean do you play guitar i'm like well i got this agile and you know just for those who don't know <laughs> the agile really is it's it's a Korean made Les Paul copy, right? Um, but it's done really, really well. Um, and, uh, you know, look it up. Anyone who's interested in ever, you know, getting a, you know, kind of cheap guitar, uh, but plays really well, Agile is a good option. Um, and he, but he just looked bummed. He's like, bro, that's, that's your guitar. I, Maddie, I don't know if I should, you know, like he was like, <laughs> 
he was really upset about it. And uh, I was like, no, I'm, I'm happy you're taking this. You know, you're going to take good care of it. It's, it's, it's a good move here. It's good for both of us. And then, yeah, uh, he even, and he told me, he's like, listen, if you ever want it back, you just let me know. And I called him the next day. <laughs> yeah, and I, I'm glad I forgot it was the next day, but that's even better. Because, yeah. you know, I always laughed about that. And I remember telling you, I was like, what? I was like, man, I should have got it. And if, if your kids didn't get it, I should have been next in line. But I wasn't well, going to pay you for it. I was going to grandfather it from you. Yeah. <laughs> but, but, you know, and, and now to me, that guitar is even more special than it was before because it wasn't too long. At, well, so, you know, I'm just going to share a little bit. We made the decision to have him buy the guitar, but he was traveling on tour and uh, I wasn't in a rush, but I was just, you know, keeping in touch with him via email and just, you know, questioning when he wanted to come and, yeah. and you know, we'll get together and do it. Um, he was having a hard time with his mother at that time, who was, uh, I think, brain cancer, maybe. I don't yeah, know. I don't but yeah, I remember. She wound up passing away. And, and uh, he was really struggling during that time. And I didn't know him real well, but, you know, I was kind of like, you know, he was talking to me about that. And so I'm getting, I'm kind of bonding with this guy. Yeah, gotcha. And then when he came out, finally came out and bought the guitar and then... <laughs> I had to plead, you know, to go get it back from him. And I did, you know, and, and we talked and I hung out at his apartment for a little while. Bro, I think he died like two weeks after that. Yeah. Oh, damn, it was that close. I mean, it was very close. It, yeah. Maybe not two weeks, maybe a month, but, maybe a yeah, month. But, but, and I thought about that too. It was like, man, all the things I went through with that guy up to selling my guitar to him, getting it back and really starting to bond with him. And imagine if I didn't get it yeah. back that early yeah who knows where it would have wound up yeah definitely and for everybody who, who wants to know who we're talking about it was a good friend of ours arm and he he was a hardcore kid from um originally san diego san diego originally or la but yeah i met san him diego, a, I think. yeah you know i met him uh, back in the day or when we went to our thing with earth crisis and long story short he ended up being uh, a guitar tech for i think kerry king or for slayer yeah, definitely yeah, yeah. And he was the connection for, you know, it, where we used to see him and we used to be like, yeah, we got one of our people with Slayer, you know, yeah. you know, hardcore kids are everywhere kind of thing. So we always rooted for Armand. So, you know, shout out to Armand, rest in peace, Absolutely. you know, and, um, but yeah, I always wonder. And now let me ask you this. When you, I know when you stop, when you stop playing guitar for that thing, did you think you were done, done? Like you were like, like you said, that guitar was in the closet. Did you say, ah, I, I'm not even going to. It wasn't even on your radar anymore. It's not like I made a decision. Oh, I'm done. I'm never playing guitar again. I just, you know, I had my kids. I had work. I wasn't in a band. Um, it just, you know, um, just wasn't anything I could spend any time on. You know, I figured I'd play guitar at some point in my life again, but I, I was real busy with, you know, when my boys were little. And yeah, I know that shit goes. It's crazy. Like, you know. I had to make it work, but it's hard. You know what I mean? Especially, you know, you know, when they're that little and you got to leave responsibilities behind and all that shit. Responsibilities and being in a band shouldn't be together. <laughs> you know what I mean? Because you got to drop everything, you it's know. To, yeah. And um, when, well, I, I forget because time, I'm, I'm bad with time. How long was it? What was the first band back that you started playing with? 
It was California, obviously, right? It was. Um, I, I think the first thing I did out here in California was I recorded a solo for Terror. All um, right. On Keepers of the Faith. There's a song, uh, uh, Only Death. Uh-huh. They, they wanted me to do a solo on it. So uh, that was cool. That was your little comeback first, yeah, right? My, yeah. And then arpeggios and sweeping. Legato, and, legato. Yeah, legato. Fucking <laughs> Nosferatu. And um, what do you call it? So you did the Terra record. Did that give you a fucking, well, I know, you know, Terra out of the, you know, one, out of the new, I hate even saying the new bands because they're not a new band, but out of the after us generation, after our generation are saying, you know, they're my favorite hardcore band. You know what I mean? I love what they do, how they do it. You know, I got all the right elements and all of that. But were they, did they give you a spark? You know, because I know you really like them also. Did that kind of re relight your flame a little bit? Because I know you got into a lot of the Cali bands also, like a Down Presser and those bands. Yeah, like yeah, yeah. And Down I felt Presser, like, Take Offense, yeah. uh, Rotting Out. Um, all those bands are great. You know, they got their own swag. And I love that it's influenced from the East Coast, but. They're not trying to be East Coast. Right, you know, they got right. vibes, but they got their own world and all that. And um, did that relight your fire? Well, yeah. So, so I was going to shows out here um, when I first moved. I mean, when I first moved out here, like you guys were out here a lot back in those earlier days when I first moved out here. Yeah. So I used to see you guys. I felt like it was at least twice a year. Yeah, um, definitely. And then, you know... Um, uh yeah and then so i'd see terror you know scott nick and and just you know the guys hanging out at the shows and then i'd go to their shows um so i was going to a lot of shows at that time i just wasn't playing myself and then eventually scott's like yo you know it was nick i think that asked me to do the solo on the record um and then pretty much i think it was that same show where nick had talked to me about that no is when i went to the studio scott talked to me about doing a project um, and it was that SOS project. Oh, so yeah, yeah, yeah. Scott, Nick, Chris Beattie on bass, and uh, Sam Trapkin from... Uh, uh, yeah, I remember. You he recorded that Brooklyn. Yeah, I went to the studio. Yeah, yep. I remember. Yep. That was the one in, in, in um, Queensbridge, right? Or what was yes. it? Oh, that was the... Yeah, yeah, yeah right? Yeah, yeah. I remember. You see, THC affects the short term, you know, not the long term. You know, I'm living proof of that. <laughs> I forgot. I remember that. Yo, shout out to BD and all those other guys, man. That, you know, and um, how, all right. This is something I a question I was thinking about that I always wondered. What was the first Pro Tools record you recorded? Because the, you know why? Because our first couple records were to tape, and I want to say my first record, if I remember correctly, was uh with Zeus that we did Pro Tools. That's what I was going to say. Yeah. Right? That's what I want to think. And, and I remember, like, now I won't record it. Fuck that tape bullshit. That so fantasy is over. I mean... Yeah, Dave Grohl. Shout out to Dave Grohl, but shout out to Dave Grohl's trillion dollars also, where you could sit there and, you know, all yeah. the tape you want and chop it up. I'd do a record like that. if a, you rem Do you remember how... Tape is evil. Because... <laughs> you know why? Because tape shows... It shows you with no skin on. And oh, yeah. You, you know what I mean? And then. Keep it real, that's for sure. Oh, yeah, that shit, Matt. Do you remember how much beef and, and just getting. For, 
one little mistake on a record, how it would cause a chain reaction in the studio with like beefing with each other for like, you know, a little take of something, you know, oh, that shit started to so many beefs. I mean, yeah, we, we did, we did tape all the way up through, um, I mean, cause hold it down was on tape and the New York hardcore EP was taped too. Uh, was that, was, that, that was tape. That, that was all, cause those were both that big blue meanie. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and that was still, yeah. It was still tape. But, but, you know, I mean, not to get all geek techy out on it, but at Big Blue Meanie, what we do is we would um, dump the tape into digital for the mix. Yeah. People do it now. It's to manipulate and, you know, do things from there. People still do that now, right? Because I've heard Probably, of people. Probably. I, I, would, I would really question anyone's decision on recording on tape today. Yeah. Um, it's not. It, I mean... Unless you're really trying to get that specific sound from like, I'm thinking maybe like 70s classic rock, you yeah. know, where tape played a big part of the sound. I mean, Pro Tools to me, I mean, I, I don't know. At this point in time, my ear, I'm not hearing the difference. Yeah. It sounds you know, great. I, hear I, rem I remember doing on Set It Off, one of the fades, when we had You Know Who doing our record. But um, <laughs> I remember... Like me doing the, the fades because nothing was automated and I had to do it by hand. And I was like, and another thing I remember being shook of, they were used to tell me because the tape machine was right by like the sofas. They were like, yo, be careful. And I used to be like, that's all we need. Somebody to bump in this shit. And then we spent days on some of those tracks, man. We walk um, by with a magnet. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And then I remember the one thing with pride because, you yes. know, a lot of people don't know. Well, we had a habit of recording songs without vocals, yep. which every band, hey, a little uh, tidbit for you band people out there, don't do it, even though we still do it in, nowadays. But when we laid out the song, we realized that the choruses and verses could be switched around. And I remember that was the first time I heard of Homeboy going in and having to literally splice the tape, you know, with a razor and tape shit together. And I'm like, what? Like, are you serious? And I'm like, what if he fucks up? And they're like, well, we got to redo the track. And that was the last thing I wanted to do because it was really hard for me to track some of those songs back then because I was so green. But um, yeah, yeah, I remember all that. And uh, it, yeah, man, splice and tape. That was the original cut and paste, man, you know? And that's fucking horrible. And then I remember going through that and then... um. I remember when you did the record, when you did the uh, Look My Way record. Mm -hmm. Me and right. Dean. Yeah, well, you, yeah, exactly. Shout out to Dean, wherever you at, Dean. I haven't seen him in a minute. But um, I remember that being a lot of problems with just, I just remember coming into the studio and guys are still plugging the shit in. You know, I'm like, okay, they know how to do sound and they're players, but I'm like, yo, they're still plugging shit in. You know? <laughs> and I remember being like, so we got to deal with tape and people still figuring out the studio as we're doing like, you know, for us, every album is important because in our world, yeah. you know, people come and go, yeah. you know, and that was always our thing. You know, this is the only thing we do. So we, you know, we treat every record, you know, seriously, at least the later years, you know, when we realize we're stuck doing it. I mean, we always did. I, I, yeah. you know, I mean, those, I mean, I, I know for a fact, and, and I, I know confidently that the band as a whole, we went in wanting to do 
I mean, that was, we were making our mark. You know what I mean? Yeah. It was important to, to have that shit sound like we, we meant what we said, you know? And, and, and do you remember the, the first Pro Tool record you did, though? What was it? Well, so, um, you know, it's funny. We talk about Look My Way, right? Look My Way was done with, you know, our friend Dean Baltalones, who was at the time a partner. Dean Baltalones. <laughs> at the, Dean in Pan. Boston. <laughs> <laughs> studio called salad days yeah which was doing a lot of a lot of um it's doing some revelation bands and some other stuff it was owned by a guy named brian mcturnan technically um and it was you know it was a smaller kind of diy studio right it wasn't like the the bigger budget studio we did the, the first two records at and uh salad days only had a 16 it had adats and it had a 16 track, one inch tape. So to get 24 tracks, we actually put, we, we striped time code on one of the tape tracks and slaved an ADAT to it. So we were, we were tracking to 16 inch tape and uh, a 16 track tape and ADAT, one ADAT. Can you please pass the jelly? I, <laughs> I was some mad scientist stuff at that time. Yeah, that shit is crazy because I, I was wondering that too because we lived through the tape. I'm glad I went through the Spartan days of recording the tape and then surviving because not only was I real green back then, I had to learn the hard way, you know, which um made me realize I had to get my my own personal chops up because I remember on a couple of tracks like people kind of waiting on me because I had to catch a little flutter from the drums and not my ear wasn't really there yet. I, I remember that. And I, I remember like, I remember watching you and I like, there was never a question in my mind when we play together, like you were, you were always super tight. Like you knew the riff, you played it, you know, with the feel that I was feeling. And I mean, we were locked in, but then when we go to the studio and I could see you, you got the headphones on and you're, you're, play into the drum track and i could just tell like you felt a little you know you were like uh, i could tell you were having a hard time finding where you needed to lock in yeah it was a problem for me because um i would always hear the bad it, now it came into play where it helps me because i would listen to the whole band and then when you kind of made me concentrate on myself i felt naked and i kind of felt like every hit i could hear the young inconsistency and all that other shit but i specifically remember it was the beginning of hold it uh, of, of 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 new york city and mm -hmm. you had to stand next to me and tap me on the shoulder when the because willie had a little flood on the hi-hat when it should have just been a regular you know digga 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 but there was a little flutter that the whole track was dope and we kept the track the drum track and i had a you know catch that by ear my ear wasn't ready to catch it yeah yeah and i remember you having to tap me on the shoulder for that part <laughs> how fucking stupid and another stupid shit we had grounding problems and i had I to play with a wire yeah. a wire around my wrist <laughs> how fucking stupid yeah Yo, well, fuck I, you tape machines i remember what i remember about that is so because you were still using that old school was it aria pro bass right? yeah i had a, yep that was like right? my I mean, second we were, base. Yeah. I, I, and, and okay. So I got a couple stories about this, right? So one, that, that base was, you know, I mean, it was a lower a line. You yeah, know, bullshit base. Yeah. It wasn't like, you know, the, the cream of the crop. But it was, it was working for us. 
and uh, it had a little bit of a grounding thing going on. And so, so the engineer had you put the, the wire around your wrist and it was, then it was, it was tethered to a, a radiator, right? I think to, to ground you. To ground it. And so you've been, you were sitting in that control room or in the, in the live room playing like for hours. And then it came like, um, oh, hold on, hold on. I can't move because I, I got the, the, the wire here. And, and the engineer's like, oh, no, you don't need that no more. Oh, yeah, I remember that right. fucking asshole. I'm like, I'm rocking that dumb shit. You didn't need it for like two hours ago. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I just, you know what else I remember? I remember, like, flipping, Freddie flipping out about something in the studio and him wanting to leave, and then he ran out, and it was, we were in the middle of the woods or the wilderness. Yeah. He had nowhere to go. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We, were, we, were, we, were, we, were, we were recording Set It Off, singing songs about New York City and lockdown and this and that, out in, like, Gloucester, Massachusetts, like a fisherman town, like little... And lived where we we stayed the night in that haunted house. Haunted house nights, not just a night nights. That shit was a haunted house. And it was storm windows were shaking. We heard creep. You remember the day we had a fucking spirit attack us, even <laughs> if it wasn't really there. Somebody was getting fucked up that day. But that's what I I remember that whole shit. But then I you know I I you know all those days you know. Help, de- definitely helped me fucking later on, you know. Yeah, I mean, you know, it was, the, it was the, shit he, the shit even with the equipment. What I remember, I remember it was like you and Willie or somebody kind of being like, "Yeah, so um, yeah, you you ever thought about getting a like a new bass or something?" <laughs> Trying to tell me nicely, and I remember being like, "Yeah, if the band pays for it, because we didn't have money for that." And that's what I ended up doing. I ended up getting a, a sound gear later because we got an advance for one of the other records. That's the only reason I got a sound gear later. I, I never got a... Fretless? Yeah, I, I, for everybody out there, um, especially in the early stages of playing bass, do not get a fretless bass. But you handled it. Like, I, I, you, I was in Boston, so and crazy. you called me to tell me you got a new bass. And I was like, cool, what is it? And then you told me it, I get, it was a sound gear. Is that what it was? Yeah. Uh, and it's it was like a, 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 a higher-end sound gear. It was a nice bass. Yeah. it was, But it was so, fretless. And I, was like, I know. So I didn't know, you know, that, okay, you know, jazz or whoever. The, I still don't know who the fuck uses fretless bass. But I remember I went in the uh, beer truck. I went to Sam Ash and fucking 48th Street. And playing it, and I was like, man, I could glide over this, you know, because they're easy to play. I was like, oh, I'm going to buy this. And I never forget that um, I ended up playing, uh, I played bass on the first Scarhead. I think it was an EP or something where we did two or three, you know, tracks. Right. right. And um, on the way, you know, again, in true Scarhead fashion, this is what Mike Dijon was still in the, in the band. They didn't have the songs. Mike DeJean had the song, and I had to go learn them in the studio before I tracked them. Yep. And on the way to the studio, we all popped hits of acid. <laughs> so, so why did I do that? I don't know. But I remember starting a trip, and then we get to the studio. I, I, I've seen videos of this. I've seen videos. Of- <laughs> oh, there is? I'm, I don't even, I want to see, and I don't want to see. But I remember Mike DeJean, because Mike DeJean's the one who told me. He's yeah. like, oh, shit, like, cool, fretless. You know, Mike's, you know. He's a positive dude. And he was like, like kind of dope, dope. Oh, that's really, that's bugged out. And I'm wondering, like, why is everybody bugging out so much that I got fretless? I didn't get it. And then I remember him telling me, yo, you know, you got to play the lines on it, right? And I go, I remember that. What do you mean? 
He goes, yes, there's no frets. And he explained the bend. I go, so now I got to learn this song and I got to hit it on the fucking lines. Oh, I well, that's right. The, the neck had had lines across it as though a fret would be there. Yes. So at least so, you had that. Yeah. yeah. And then, but then I learned with the fretless, you had to play the, the lines. Which makes sense. Yeah. And, and made it harder because you had to be more precise, which right. I, I never was. <laughs> you know what I mean? But man, that shit fucking suck. And do not track, you know, songs you don't know on acid, everybody. A little. Well, so I don't remember if it was a video or a picture, but I, I have a very clear image of you sitting on a chair facing one way and Mike sitting on a chair facing you. And I can see more of your face than his. And I just, I can see his face <laughs> looking like you're working real hard to understand what's being said to you right there. So crazy. Ended up working now, but so crazy. It's crazy how the whole, like now, now we could do, you know, you could literally track your guitars from your house if you wanted to, you know, with the right, you know, know. you know, signal, you line out, you know, and whatever. I heard, you know, there's no such thing as a shitty sounding anything anymore. It's just no. a matter of you like it or not, or I like this more or not. Everything sounds great. I throw something in GarageBand, it sounds amazing for you, know, but just throwing it in there. And um, what do you guys? Where you guys record out there? Uh, specific studio it's called, called uh, Buzz Bomb, uh, and it's run by a guy named Paul Miner. Oh, Paul. Um, yeah, yeah. Shout out to Paul. I haven't seen yeah. him in a minute either. Paul, Paul's uh he's a master, bro. And, yeah. you know, he's, he did the last AF record. He's yeah. done, uh, you know. Yeah, he like, did a terror like, record before, right? That's where I did the terror record. Um, and uh, uh, H2O. like So, like, Chad. Chad Gilbert. I know he likes to work with Paul. Yeah. Uh, so Shout out to Chad Ball, too. I want to get him on here one of these days. Yeah, you should. You yeah, should. you know, definitely. It just popped in my head. Shout out to Chad Ball out there. But um, yeah, no, it's great because I know that studio. Everybody was hitting that studio for a minute, and um, I recommend it, man. He's 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 bad. Yeah, and um, um so wait, well, no, remember the the first Pro Tools record because we didn't get there yet. I think it had to have been. What would it have been? Crazy. I, I, it's weird because. Would it, it have it, been with the eulogy? It, I might have. Wow. It might have been because what did I do before that? Well, no, it would have been that SOS record. Oh, that, was that, that was a Pro yeah. 2 record. Yeah. And yeah, that, was, that was late in the game, technically. That was 20, 2011. Yeah, no. I, it's, it's, it's been, it's like, it's the, it's the only way I know now. You know what I mean? Like, uh, yeah, like why would you go back? The only reason to go back would be because you, you're trying to get a specific sound that tape brings. Yeah. It's not easier to work with. That's for goddamn sure. Right. Um, it's, you know, you can only get so many tracks onto a tape. There's no yeah. good reason other than just trying to get a specific sound, which even then I'd argue you don't need the tape to do it anymore. Yeah, no, that's for sure. You know, we, you know, we learned that, you know, that you can manipulate the, 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 you know, digitally to make something sound like a room you know there's always yeah, something exactly, new exactly. you know like with the evertune shit now that used to be a fantasy all guitar that never goes out of tune that shit's reality i'll tell you that I know. like i'm sold on it sure you got to learn a new way of tuning but if i knew how to tune period i would put that on my guitar because literally i remember i tell the story you know ken susie fucking ken susio from unearth with the f he tried to, he showed it to us when we when he tracked one of our records and we were like 
man, you know, he's a tech head. And we're like, you know, all these tech guys love all the new toys. Right. And he's like, no, trust me. He grabbed the guitar from the strings, lifted up, up and just started shaking it. Then ring, he hit it. And I remember me and Mitch looking at each other like, get the fuck out of here. This can't be real. I also remember um, tracking, um, I think it was Zeus, the first Pro Tools thing. Like, we went over the song once or twice. And he's like, yeah, okay, all right, next one. And we're like, wait, wait, wait. What do you right. mean? No, no, no. We got to do this song a hundred times. And he's like, no, we got it here and we got it there. But if you want to do another one, let's do it. And I'm like, no, 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 no. We need to do another one. They can't be. And he would play it back. And we're like, oh, that second, it took us minutes. And then we were like, yo, wait a minute. We like this shit. <laughs> and, you, know, the, you know, you should have your chops in the studio. But if you know, if you know how to pull it off in the studio, you know, and, and when you record, you should just concentrate on the vibe. That's I what I do. I agree with that. You yeah. know, I learned. Sure. You got to, you know, have be, you know, we can make something in the in, with Pro Tools, you can make a shitty band sound real. That's a fact. You right. know, if you, if you do it, which is an illusion. But, you know, um, I think when you have the right, you know, the right energy already in the songs, I learned that on the later years, like even with the last record that you were around, my whole shit was, I used to get a lot of, I used to stress the studio and I got that from you. Like, right. yeah, get, oh, I know. Like, yeah. which, which you need to do obviously, but I understood it more back then. Not everybody was up to speed. I was the, the, the weakest link in the chain. Cause I was the greenest Willie, you sting. Everybody already had recorded, you know, real records and whatever. And I knew that back then I used to be like, man, you know, like I know I'm the weakest link, but you know, they, they know that too. So they got to deal with it. Kind of, you know, I got some songs, but in the recording world, I wasn't. So, that made me definitely my ear train my ear because I used to be like, you know, you would catch things and then I, I would hear it after you told me about it. Then I started looking now. Okay. Now I know what it to look for. Once I learned all that shit, I learned, you know, what the problem was not that, that it was a problem, but you know, we were always, you know, on a tight schedule, a lot of money behind it, even, you know, the time. And then us, um, stressing, you know, wanting to pull it off, but yet we weren't always fully ready. The later years, I started putting on, yeah, of course, we need to get our shit together, you know, growing up and getting your, you know, your tools ready. But I say, yo, if you're not in the mood to go to work, you're not going to build that house. You know what I mean? And I learned that the later years, and that's what I made happen on the last album where I was like, this is the way I see it now. You know, everybody who was involved with it is in the special forces. Freddie's army ranger, you know, I'm a Navy SEAL. Mikey was, you know, uh, a, a Green Beret. You were like, you know, so-and-so and so-and-so. Everybody involved like, you don't got to tell anybody how to do their job, just what the mission is at hand. Now everybody got to excel at their part, which I wasn't worried about. I just wanted to be like, imagine us going to war not going into it saying, yo, we're going to do this. We got to, yo, we are, yeah, as a team, yo, we got this. We got this kind of going motivated. And, and it's the vibe of the situation. On this record, I said, we all know how to play. We know what we want. Like, it got to feel good and easy because I, I also took that. I learned that from Chad. When we would record rec, uh, the Hazen Street record with Chad, he'd be tracking his guitar and he's like talking to me and like joking. And I'm like, dude kind of like yo concentrate even though he had 
already experienced doing big records and all that. And I was like, yo, you know, he's getting the job done and he got the right attitude and it made the atmosphere better and it made the sessions better. Yeah. That's what I learned later. You know, that makes a, a hell of a lot of sense, bro. Because I mean, think about it. You're, you're, you're playing music that's supposed to have a certain energy to it. Uh, like seriously, I, you know, when I was, you know, 10 years old, nine years old, and Eddie Van Halen, you know, Van Halen first came out, and I was just like, oh, Van Halen. Like, I was like, so, as any guitar player was at that point, when he came out, people were trying to figure out, listen to every word that dude would say in a magazine, trying to figure out what the hell he, he, he was doing, because it was just yeah. you know, changing everything right before our eyes. And, and um, I remember very clearly in an interview, they were talking about, in the studio, what's the process, how do you track, and he said he could never sit down to play because they were a very live band, right? Um, yeah. In the studio too. And he's like, you know, I, I won't sit, I can't sit on a stool and play because I just feel like it sounds like I'm sitting on a stool playing. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? So it's subtle, but it's true, man. You know, you want that energy to sound on, on the recording and it only makes sense that you would have that same energy in the studio. And you know, you're right. I mean, in those earlier days when you had to get it perfect on tape. And stressing about everything else. A lot of concentration and it felt like a chore. You yeah. know, yeah, exactly. Like, I learned also, it's the best way to explain it, is like how you watch, like, let's say, an MMA fighter now. When, they're in, when they're, that cornerman comes out, that cornerman says, yo, just go out there and have fun. You already did all the hard training. Yeah, you just, just let it go. Just let, let it, it go. Have fun. Let it fly. Yep. You know, we did that with some stuff in the studio where even with you, sometimes I would tell you, yo, you're thinking about it too much. Like if it was a solo or whatever, I'm like, yo, if everybody in the room is feeling it, you're right. nitpicking at your own performance, which we're always going to do. But if the vibe is there, it's like, that's what we want. And, you know, the mission accomplished what we wanted on that record, you know, was to get that vibe, to get like, you know, I stressed the more the atmosphere on that last record than anything. And then I re I said, okay, um, I I understand the the, the amount of um, um vibe and you know the technical part. It got to meet, but you yeah. need that vibe. Once you're in there at war, you got you need the vibe more than anything. You know what I mean? And 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 you know when you when you're going for that, it sure as hell helps to have a guy behind the controls who's very good at his job. Absolutely. got to give a shout out to Kevin, right? Yeah, big Kev. Kev from the Interrupters. Shout out to the Interrupters. What I love about him, too, again, a guy from more our type of world, the uh, punk, hardcore world, like, he's a very technical guy, but he would go on his ear first and yeah. then look at, at, at the computer, and then that's the same idea we were doing. Like, let's go on the vibe, and if the vibe feels good, now we look in and see if it's all the little... Right. Parts falling into place. Boom. We're money. We got yeah. both. And then we feel good about it. Because yeah. I remember leaving, you know, people shout out, set it off to being, you know, and I'm glad, you know, we made our mark with that album. But I remember leaving some of these records where we were like pissed off. We didn't know, like, we weren't fully happy with it. Or you remember, I remember with guitar sounds, changing guitar sounds and just never agreeing or just not knowing exactly what we wanted. That was my problem. I knew what I wanted, but I never knew how to get it or explain it. You know, I, I still don't know how to get it. And I, I'm very dependent. I, I've learned this after all the recordings I've done. Um, 
I got to have an engineer who really knows how to get, yeah. knows what a heavy guitar sound like, sounds like. You know yeah. what I mean? Exactly. Because I got my gear and I can always feel like I'm making it sound good enough. Uh, it's then kind of up to the engineer to help me out and get it there. Otherwise, we're both screwed. Um, and, you know, it's funny going back to set it off and the Jackson and all that. Um, I remember you and I beefing over guitar tone. You remember that? Uh, yeah, I remember. And, and I still listen to that guitar tone. And I mean, if I could go back, like if I could go back in time, I'd probably look to change it. Right. Just because that's not the guitar sound. I, I know what I was trying to get and it didn't come out the way I wanted it to. And there's one reason for that, for sure, that it didn't is um, no metal zone pedal. Well, that Jackson <laughs> no. came with a Jackson pickup uh -huh. and it looked like an EMG. But it said Jackson on it, and I just assumed oh, well, I didn't know. And yeah. you know, it's like it's, it's a it's an active pickup. It should be the same thing, right? Well, uh, it's not. And there was actually a little circuit board in that in the in the in the you know the bay of the guitar there that I used to do the volume knob swirls, and it would crackle all the time. Oh. And I finally took it to a guy. I said, "What is? Why is this happening?" And this guy in Boston, he's like. See the circuit board here. It's it's kind of you know it's just kind of cheap, you know. He said I could pull it out for you, and then that problem's going to go away. But by pulling that out, that pickup lost a lot of juice. Ah, so it was so really it was a bogus pickup, and I recorded set it off with that fucking stupid. <laughs> but you know, in all fairness, this was part of it that I didn't know. I would just tell you. I remember being there one day, and you were like looking at me like, "All right, is it close now?" And I'm like kind of like i was getting mad because not specifically at you oh i know you're just like but it was more like all right yeah i was like it's not right and i didn't know how to explain it which i still bad at explaining it i just knew this that i wanted it to compete with the metal bands because yeah. i was like we got to be the hardcore band that shows these metal bands that we can hang right. and not that it wasn't a dope guitar sound but i wanted a more metallic sound which i still don't know <laughs> you know well so what I used, I remember, was a JCM 800 and a TC Electronic Boost. And if I had a real EMG pickup in my yeah, guitar, that would have that would have worked. Because you know. <laughs> I didn't, it kind of it was like a weird, not quite there sound. But you know, at the same time, it's got a crazy kind of like attitude to it that it it makes sense for the record. It really but, does. I don't hate it now. I hated it then. Right. But yeah. it was, again, because, again, I was just trying to go with what, what you know, the big metal bands were doing it because I was like, man, we got to make a statement. We got to show these motherfuckers that. Agreed. Yeah. That was my mission, too. For Everybody's sure. mission. You know, we wanted. And for me, it was always the guitars. You know, the guitars was like how we bring, you know, that metal shit. And, you, you know, is with the, the metal bands were always more pro. The guitar sounds were a little bit more. They um, didn't have they didn't have the vibe that hardcore bands had, but they had the technical and 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 they they were more accessible to you know better yeah. gear and you know technology. Yeah, for sure. You know what I, I mean? I so I mean if I were to describe what I think the guitar sound for Madball should be, is not quite that true metal sound to give it just a little bit more character and still keep it hardcore, if you will, right? And uh, that's, that's the sound I always try to go for. And I don't really know exactly what makes it that other than just like the ones, the, the sound I try to get 
out of any sound I'm dialing in is hear good pick attack. Yeah, of course. I need that. And sometimes that's hard because um, you wind up getting a sound that maybe has too much mids in it yep. or, you know, a little too scratchy. Because I, if I start to dial out some of that, I'm losing that pick attack. I'm like, ah, it's starting to sound dull to me. Yeah. Um, so it's hard to find that real sweet spot. It's funny because I ended up liking more that style. What you know me, I always liked everything scooped. Right. You know, like that. But live. Yeah, you, you used to listen to a lot of metal back when. Yeah, when yeah you know, that, that's that's still my shit where I took from metal was the so sonically what metal did. My beef for metal was. They would go into a real groove part and then the drummer would play some dude that dude that's some goofy ass upbeat shit when he could have be breaking it down. Yeah. So I said, let's take those dig it like Slayer would do, do those half times. Shout out to Lombardo. You know what I mean? Um it was that mix, but um, yeah, it was weird. Now I learned live since we only got one guitar. And I mm. learned that again, paying attention, I got that from you of learning, all right, live, it ain't about just everybody on 10. To hear the guitars, they have to have some more mids than I would normally like. Yeah. But that's why I go really low endy to fill in the gaps because to to full out the stage because we only had one guitar. And again, we're always going against the metal bands and yeah. the other bands with two guitars. So, yeah. you know, we found that the low end, which first of all, any bass play out there, it's a bass. Make it sound like a bass. It, it holds the teeth of the guitar kind of thing. You know what I mean? It's like a mouth guard. You know what I yeah. mean? Oh, you're right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Guitars, the sharp teeth, and you put the mouth guard that kind of supports that. That's what the bass should be doing, especially with one guitar. And we, again, it was like using old uh, recording, you know, uh, mentality, and then putting it to the stage, which ended up coming back. Like, back yep. then, I, I probably in my head wanted a more scoop sound. You were definitely more on the right track, but we were trying to meet in the middle. Live now, I, I use that basic, that remedy. You know, uh, we need a yeah. good, you know, bite on the guitar, and we only have one guitar, but how we fucking beef it up is with the low end, you know, which... It's, a hard, it's hard, man. It takes a lot of, you know, it shouldn't take that much thought, but, you know, when you, as you break it down the way you are, it's true, man. There's, there's a lot of things that, you know you got to kind of juggle to think about getting it all blended right. And You know, the other thing I'm thinking about with uh, hardcore versus metal guitar playing, like, you know, if I'm playing like a gang, 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 which is kind of a mad ball type As of every song, strong, right? Uh, I play all six strings. I focus more on the lower strings, which could be just the power chord. Yeah. But it sounds kind of dull and, and, um, and, and and also that comes from because because you like metal, but you were more rock than metal metal. You know, you like the 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 Van Halens, you like the Stevie Ray. So you understood chords more. Which, well, and and older older hardcore, like you know, like going back to like I don't know, early Agnostic Front or Black Flag or you know bands like yeah. that. You know, that's strumming the whole yeah. six strings. You know, um, except you played it tight. They didn't. <laughs> You know, the banjo. We have a lot of banjo in Madball. You know that. Shout out to fucking Roy Clark. A lot of honky-tonk. Oh, we, if, if these hillbillies only really... It ain't just five-finger death punch playing freaking uh, crack of music. We have a lot of banjo in our shit. We just had to spice it up a little bit. But um, <laughs> but um, what else? So right now, 
what's good. So the band right now, you're on hold. Anything new? Right? Yeah, Just I, I think technically, technically now we could get back into the studio with Paul. Actually, we had a date booked to go back in, and uh, his fiance uh, was going into labor. Oh, so he's got a new baby girl. Uh, and that was oh, that congrats, was, congrats. Yeah, for sure. Uh, that was a few weeks back now, though. I and I, I touched base with him. He's he's settled in now, and I think um, we're gonna we're gonna schedule something soon to bang this one out. Good shit. I'm gonna get Dick Shepler up here pretty soon, and like I said, we're gonna do a the Madball set it off reunion for all these motherfuckers out there to give them a little something soon. But um, where they can find you? You're on Instagram, right? Yeah, I, I'm there still. I, I kind of I've I've, I've uh, backed off of social media a little bit lately. Things, you know, with all things going on, it's been. Yeah, I hate everybody out there. Hit Maddie up and ask him about everything. Ask him about <laughs> ask him about everything he doesn't want to hear. Hey, uh, talking about Willie real quick. Um, you know, just just I'm gonna make this statement too. I'm really, you know, at this point in time, and I think it happened after I turned fifty. I got really like kind of reflective and just thinking about life and everything, and um, you know, being grateful for what what I got in this world, and that's friends and family oh hell yeah more than anything else because that's the one thing you know you'll always have um and you know i'm I'm just happy i got you know you freddie roger Vinny, willie i mean craig yeah. you know i mean we were in bands together but truly we are yeah family. We, family. we grew up together we had a we've been through um some harder situations that we did with our own blood families you know what i mean we've been in different types of situations and uh, with each other through these situations with our family. That's why it's a, it's hard to explain, but I get it. Like in the military, when somebody goes to war together, you know, you have a bond that's kind of. And, and, and it's still there. Like I literally, cause I know you're about to do Willie. Um, just earlier this week, I reached out to Willie and I was having, I, I got on FaceTime with him cause my son has got a drum kit and he's got a double pedal and it's, it was acting kind of wonky on him, and I didn't know the best way to adjust it. So I got, I got Willie on FaceTime, and here I am working with Willie to try to adjust. He's giving me some advice on how to adjust my son's kick pedal. Amazing. Crazy, so right? Family, you know, it's, still, <laughs> yeah. it's all there, We got kids. I don't believe I got two kids because I feel like they should be my father. Like, <laughs> I, I'm the fucking kid in all this shit. But no, you know what's up, Maddie. I'm glad you got on here. We're gonna do this shit. We're gonna do that set it off reunion one of these yes. days. Let's do it. Um, look out for the eulogy. Um, look out for um um uh, Abigail guitars, agile guitar. <laughs> Yo, but um, good looking out. Shout out to everybody. Make sure you subscribe. Hit that fucking like button, and we out.